Once the streaming begins, the screaming will too. This is RPS. Radio Paranormal Singapore. Hello and Happy New Year! It's our first episode of 2024 and if you're new to the show, welcome to Radio Paranormal Singapore. A podcast where we detail, discuss and dissect your paranormal encounters. My name is Timo and as always, if you have stories to share, send them in and let us have a crack at them. All our contact details can be found on our Facebook page at Radio Paranormal Singapore. In this episode, ET and I are taking a break and handing the reins over to Sham and Kim. And they'll be catching up on some of the encounters we've received via email and messenger apps. So without any further ado, let's get to it. So today we've got a couple of stories, right, Kim? We have quite a bit of stories, yeah, which is a good thing. I think we've got five today. Yep. Our first one comes in from Ganesha. Okay, he says, I'm your listener, Ganesha. I love your views on the previous email that I sent in. I saw a story about a gentleman's NS days and it reminded me of an incident I had as well about the NS, his NS life rather. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. That's good. So the title of the story is 17 out of 18. So this was during my first year of NS. I was having my rigging course and I was bunked in with 18 people in total. I remember the bunk clearly. It was in Sembawang camp. The building was next to the cookhouse and we were on the room at the extreme left of the third floor of the building. Normally, there's a spotlight shining into the room. So most of us would sleep having our back facing the light. This means that we would face the entrance to the door. One day around 2 to 3 a.m., I'm not really sure, I opened my eyes and saw the person next to my bunk bed. I was about three beds away from the entrance on the top bed. As I opened my eyes, I saw a person on the other bed waking up as well. So I sat up and I saw everyone else sitting up. As I looked in the center of the room, I saw a white figure walking across the room towards the balcony. I remember her clearly. She was in full white, but her skin had a bit of a blue tone to it. As she walked across the room to the balcony, we followed her with our eyes and she just disappeared the moment she reached the balcony. At that moment, I bent down and saw my buddy sleeping. Uh, when he says he bent down, he was on the top bunk. So he looked at the bottom bunk and saw his buddy sleeping. Later in the morning, 17 out of 18 of us had a discussion to check if it was a dream and we knew that we were all not dreaming because we'd all seen the same thing. That was the second last day of the course. It's a short story but Sembawang Camp is known for a lot of um, interesting stories and that was our first time experiencing it in the camp. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Regards, Ganesha. Radio Paranormal Singapore presents CSI Critical Supernatural Investigation Hmm Interesting. <laughs> 17 out of 18. So I guess the only person that's like... <laughs> One guy who's a really heavy sleeper. Was like his buddy. <laughs> the guy below, yeah. The lower bunk sleeping. So yeah, that, I think that was a very interesting story. Uh, it reminds me of the of another story. Actually, that's a personal one I have. Um, mm-hmm. In secondary school, mm-hmm. we were staying at the National Leadership Institute. Uh, short form, Neckley. It's the one at Kenridge. Okay. Uh, many of our listeners, I think from the time period of the early 2000s and all that, you probably have done a camp or two there. 
So I heard a similar story except I was the number 18 who was sleeping. <laughs> yes, I was the one who was knocked out. I mean, we didn't sleep very much, lah, but yeah, the, during that night, I happened to be the one. And yeah, when I woke up in the morning, a lot of the other guys said the same thing that they had seen a white figure floating through the room out mm. to the balcony mm. yeah so our, our room was uh, basically bunk bed two rows of bunk beds facing each other mm-hmm. and the center had a walkway that was uh, one end was the entrance and the other end was the balcony mm. so in this case as well um, this this lady in white floated through the center of the room and out the balcony that, that's what the other guys saw I think there must have been 10 of us in the room and everyone saw except for you except for me but again I, I don't know how to I mean it was so long ago right how to verify who saw and who didn't all I know is they were talking about it in the morning but then this is the only time that um, Sharer or, or, or the person who shared this encounter did not actually mention anything about being spooked about like you know seeing that that figure passing through this is definitely a residual kind of haunting right so it it figure or that spirit that they saw definitely isn't aware of what's going on around it's not an intelligent thing it's just uh it it seems to be a tape replaying they were literally waking up and sitting up and watch that figure walk from one end to another why why she's so drama must float in the center of the room could you not have floated through the wall floated through the bed you know there's so many (laughs) there are 18 of them sleeping in the room somehow she managed to avoid all 18 of them right <laughs> and then she floats all the way to the balcony where the spotlights are. So all the ball, I'm just like, huh? Why, why are you floating towards the really bright light? I mean, when it, when it comes to spirits and, and human energy, I think most of the time they do not cross um, unless they want to have something from you or... I don't know. If, if you're connected, then yes, probably they would want to cross paths with you. But if they are just an astral spirit and they are like on a replay... No harm done, you see. She's just on a repeat mode <laughs> and she's just doing her thing. <laughs> yeah, so Sembawang Camp also has a lot of stories because the the land that it's on has been occupied since the 18th century. Mm. Yeah, it was a rubber plantation. So number one, really, wow, rubber plantation, right? And then the British came, chopped everything down, turned it to a naval base. And that's when Sembawang Estate turned up. But the naval base, of course, went through the war, was captured by the Japanese. Yeah. So on and so forth. So I'm sure there are a lot of histories about it. So. But yeah, again, you know, this was in a bunk on the third floor. So, you know, why, why was this white lady on the third floor of this bunk? If, if it was floating on the parade square or around the camp on the ground floor, mm. that, you know, to, to me, I'll just be like, oh, okay. But this one, third floor, so maybe unless somebody committed suicide there, I, I can't, you know, off the top of my head, I'm just like, why? <laughs> it, it's a naval base, right? It's all the military guys. Yeah. And why would there be a lady? But there are female... Yeah, soldiers, officers. Yeah, plausible, I guess. Maybe, maybe somebody would know uh, one of them may have committed suicide decades ago. Who knows? But then again, this this spirit also not committing suicide. Yeah. And she's just floating through the room. It could be an angel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to go with angel. I agree with you. Because she wasn't like scaring any of them or staring at them while they were sleeping. That kind of thing, right? She just yeah. basically ignored them. Exactly. And it was like the second last day. Maybe... It was just a beat goodbye and that angel has been protecting them. I see you guys. You guys see me. My job is done. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Tomorrow, your course ends. <laughs> yeah, so that's why they never saw anything. Because it was the last night. 
Yeah, it's their first and last encounter. I mean, isn't it a beautiful thing to actually see something like that floating across? It's quite cool. I mean, the fact that, you know, it's not really a Pontianak freaking everybody out. It, it says that, you know, the skin has some blue tin on it. So I don't know if Pontianak has like some blue tin. Glowing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I thought, right? And, and most of the time... Although all these white beings that that has been seen, right? They 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 like being seen, you know, as though that you know being seen in hope to add faith to all the people who have seen it, which helps people in many many ways. Either that or she was going around lah, saying that all of you are okay because of me. <laughs> you all better say thank you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but also I think because um, people always have this perception about like being in camp, and one way about in, in one way in psychology that we can explain about it is uh, um, anomalistic psychology. Um, we have this study that um, study about human behavior and their experiences, which is largely connected with what is often called paranormal. Um, anything that couldn't explain signs, anything that is uh, uncommon or rare or bizarre, they would just say that it's uh, paranormal. But they don't say it as like hantu or haunting, but it's just basically paranormal because... It's unexplained. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the other sceptic in me, if I think back like when I was, you know, my army days or the, how the balcony and all that was designed, mm. it's probably not, but how do we know it wasn't an owl standing on the balcony railing? No, no, because it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, the spotlight was shining on the, the back of the bird, right? Then the bird is like a white owl standing there. Unless someone is pulling the light away, then it seems like, you know, the shadow or like the, the figure is like moving. True. I, I'm just thinking of reasons that uh, what, what could have happened. It's definitely not a bird or, or rather it's not a bat because bats don't look like that or, you know, bats... I don't think bats stand or stand upright. I'm used to seeing them the other way around. Owls, yes. <laughs> they do. Yeah, owls, yeah. So, but it, like in my bunk back in camp, it's totally plausible that an owl would be sitting on the railing in the balcony at night. Mm. So if it's got its back shunned, you know, with the spotlight and it opens up its wings. Even though I'm a strong believer in like, you know, psychology, there are things that I could explain. But because in this case, there's... There are 17 of them who saw it hmm. and it's not dreaming and they actually have ample time to actually wake up and and set up and watch the whole thing. Um, the, the figure actually passed through the hall and I would say it's definitely paranormal but I wouldn't think that it's a malicious spirit or anything. And... Um, just thankful all 17 of them didn't really report anything um being falling sick just feel unwell the next day they were just uh, talking about it yeah i think you know you just take it as a beautiful experience maybe you have literally seen an angel next story comes from glenn this happened to my colleague and i on the 19th of august in 2022 and it's at one of the institutions in singapore i had a meeting at 1 30 p.m with my boss but I noticed the door was closed when I went to find him, because usually if he was in, he would leave his door open. Now a little description of the office layout. My boss's room is located at a corner of the office, and the room on his left is unoccupied. While on the right of his office is a common meeting room that is located at the common area outside the main office. My colleague who sits just outside his office told me my boss was having a meeting in his room. But just as he was telling me, we both heard muffling voices coming from the room. So we had a small chat while waiting for my turn. 
All this while hearing people having a discussion on and off inside the room. Now, out of a sudden, we saw my boss walking in, but from the office main door, and we were shocked. My colleague turned to my boss and asked, Is there anyone in your office? To which my boss replied, Why would anyone be there? So we went to the room to check, and there was nobody, not a single soul in his room. So the question is, who was in there that we heard talking? Now, as soon as my boss left his room for another meeting, I tried out an experiment because I wanted to debunk this ghostly talk. So I told my colleague to listen out for my voice before going to the common meeting room that was empty. Now, in the room, I shouted, Hey, can you hear me? a few times and went back to find my colleague. I checked if he had heard my voice and he said he could not hear anything even when my boss's door was open. Radio Paranormal Singapore Wait, hold on. Well, if he's shouting in the room with the door open, why wouldn't the colleague hear anything? I'm sure the door's closed lah. He said I told my colleague to listen out for my voice before going to the common meeting area that was empty. Uh-huh. So he went to the other room while the colleague was in the other room and then he was shouting trying to see whether the colleague could hear him. Oh, the other room door was open and the, and the boss's door's room was shut. Mm-hmm. Is it common for offices to have a soundproof room? Usually it's partition, right? And if it's part- Unless you've got like maybe a lawyer's office where it has to be generally speaking most offices would not be soundproof usually it's made of glass yeah or you know the it's a thin wooden door or partition walls and also if it's common aircon you'd have the ducting running through the rooms mm, the aircon duct so potentially the sound could be traveling through that as well well i personally think this is not any paranormal experiences because I mean, sound do get reverberated, you know, through echoes to mm-hmm. uh, walls. Not just partition, like even even if you're in an empty office, yeah, you do hear sounds from like outside, even on the street, unless you're like uh, level forty one above. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, MBFC or something. <laughs> Correct, and sometimes you're so used to having sounds around. It's just phantom sounds, right? You just think that you're hearing something, but because you're so used to it, your mind is just like, oh, okay, you just assume it is what it is. Mm. Until later, you're like, hey, actually it wasn't. Because it's very muffled, and both of them couldn't really confirm that it was actually someone talking. Because it sounded different from what they have tested. They did an experiment, right? And sounded nothing like that. But they actually thought that the sound that they heard was someone talking in the room. Maybe not even talking. Okay, so like a friend of mine and even my my office previously, mm-hmm. there were rats in the building. <laughs> so at night, right, or in the evenings, or when the office is quiet, right, and they, you know, they'll they come out of like the corners, right? And then you're just, you think there's something or something there or somebody moving around. It's actually the rat running around the office. <laughs> this is very interesting because... I worked in the hospital. <laughs> Definitely in the hospital. There were not there, there aren't any <laughs> rats. So yeah, there are no rats. There. I never really had that experience before. Yeah, but common common industrial buildings and older buildings would have rats. Guarantee you I yeah, this this I can vouch for because I've seen it multiple times. It, like they will have come out from the weirdest places from the air conduct. Sometimes you got like the roller shutters or the door, right? Then the roller shutters have some gaps and they will pop in from there. Oh my gosh. And 
when they are running around on like a you know a wooden floor or carpeted floor mm-hmm. or mezzanine floor for example mm-hmm. it's actually very loud but does it sound like someone talking in the room it's just scratching around la. I mean if you're outside and you don't realize it sometimes it could sound like somebody's in there or like stuff is moving in the room and stuff is moving in the room because the rat is running around your room like bumping into chairs uh, maybe knocking the waste paper basket mm-hmm. if it's on the table it'd be ruffling papers while it's moving around well yeah that's true because I mean it's looking for food right one thing is very interesting because the colleague actually thought mm-hmm. that the boss was in the room mm. and he told Glenn mm. both of them thought that there are people inside having meeting yeah so when they heard the sound so basically in psychology right <laughs> I'm gonna use science to debunk this okay because this is legit I don't think that is paranormal you know a parietal lobe right in our brain our brain has many parts okay you guys can go google and our parietal lobe right involved in interpreting um, sensory or perception of like hearing smell sound basically anything of our somatosensory and it integrates all this meaning that made out of all these noises that we hear. Like for example, if we hear a horn, it's definitely, oh, it's from a car. But it could be from that, you know, little thing that, um, you know, the, uh, the horn that, that ice cream men used to... Mm, yeah, it may not be from a car, but our, our brain actually perceives that and interprets that kind of input yeah exactly so like if I was in the office and my colleague told me hey the boss is having a discussion and the room door's closed I'm just I'm not gonna be like ha really uh, are, are you sure no right you're just like oh okay cool <laughs> yeah exactly you just be like, oh cool Let, let's just wait lah. so you believe right so you believe that there are someone actually in there yeah but actually no that's why they were shocked so whatever sound that they heard and the brain kind of interpreted it. It's almost like mm-hmm. you have this power of suggestion. You suggested that yep. there were people in the room. And when you heard someone talking or, or sounded like someone talking, oh, there must be, the sound must be coming from that room. But mm. it may not be. Yeah, I mean, the, for all we know, the, the colleague was, like went to the toilet or what and then didn't see the boss leave the room. Yeah, that's true. And the boss just closed the doors. But what I'm trying to say is it's the power of suggestion. It's already it's already in the brain. And they instantaneously think that there are people in the room. Door closed means boss must be inside having a meeting. That's the norm. That's the norm. So then again, it comes to perception. It's definitely a perception and 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 it's not something paranormal that's what i thought that's what i thought so yeah not a hantu yeah not paranormal (laughs) Uh, actually we've got three stories from david from malaysia so i'll take the first one so uh david would like to say first of all I have been a fan of the podcast and have been listening on my way to work and back from work daily when i discovered you guys the past couple of weeks I myself have a couple of short stories that I would like to share with RPS. Okay, so the first story is called Name Calling. So David goes, when I was young, around the age of 10, I used to spend my afternoons watching cartoons on TV. It would always be just myself and my mom at home during the afternoons. I remember one time, it was around 3 or 4 p.m. when I was watching TV alone, my mom would either be doing the laundry or cooking. I hear my mom calling out my name randomly, David, David. Because I was too focused watching the cartoons, I would ignore the first few calls until she goes, David, David. And then I reply, what mom? I responded. And then I got nothing back. 
after a while i heard again david knowing my mom was doing laundry across the hallway of the house i walked to her and asked what is it mom my mom then said what you were calling me I said in frustration, I never called you. I asked again if she did call for me and she denied ever calling out my name. I got spooked after that because I knew it was the voice of my mother. It was clear as day. This happened at least a few more times during the year. Until today, I'm still confused and have no idea who or what called my name. Radio Paranormal Singapore Mm, amazing. I typically don't like hearing my name being called somehow. Yeah, it makes it sound like you're in trouble. Well, <laughs> at least when people call my name, I'm like, what did I do wrong now? You must be a rare naughty child. <laughs> yes, always like, hey, why, 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 what happened now? Yeah, but it's just that, you know, I had like too many experiences of like my name being called in not the real world. It's just, uh, it freaks me out all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, to our listeners who are not familiar, Kim, Kim is a sensitive, whereas I'm totally not a sensitive. <laughs> so she's had more than a couple of experiences. Mm, but I've never really um, heard anything that this guy's name calling as like someone that I'm close with or like my mom, you know, in this case, like what David shared. I, I'm not jumping into a conclusion that saying that uh, what David experienced is paranormal, but it's just that true personal experience. Um, I do have quite a number of uh, name calling, which leads to other events, let's say that. And I hope, you know, David didn't. Yeah. I mean, there's this thing called auditory hallucination, right? Yes, that's right. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Like what? Depending on who you read from or where you read it from, it's like 5 to 28% of people in the US experience this. Mm. And it's perfectly normal, supposedly, because one's brain receives background noise every millisecond and it's tuned to perk up to certain circumstances. Exactly. For example, if I shouted across the room, if I say, yo... And then your name is Joe. You thought that I'm like calling Joe. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. But in this case, I guess I don't think anything bad happened to him. If anything, if it was a spirit, also it's maybe like something just having a bit of fun with him. Also, because it, it could be because he's feeling guilty because he was watching cartoon and he wasn't helping with the house chores. Or maybe the mom was thinking out loud while doing work, right? Sometimes you know you just talk to yourself while doing something, yeah. and he overheard. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, in this case, um, it's just a one-off thing. No, he said it happened a few times during the year. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is based on experience. Um, usually, for me, after the name calling, if um, I didn't respond, um, there will be some form of uh, tapping or something falling to kind of alert me that I'm being called. You get what I'm saying? Ooh, mm. I'm getting goosebumps again. <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, like the case files that I've read and stories, it's usually like if if it was an entity, the entity is usually um, a loved one. They're disturbing you, right? And then after all, yeah, it escalates to something else. But in this case, it didn't seem to escalate. It's just a very innocent name calling or it could be um, literally just auditory hallucination where sometimes your mom shouted at you so loud or calling out for you so loud that sometimes, you know, we do hear certain things. Um, our brain is actually the most powerful tool and it controls us, you see. Um, 
And there are so many theories about manifestation. There's so many thing about uh, positive thinking that has to do with using our brain. And same goes for this. When you think that you hear something, sometimes you could hear something, but it may not be mm -hmm. the reality because you are the only one that's experiencing it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, I mean, in this case as well, it's a sound he's heard multiple times from a person he's, you know, whose voice he's very, very familiar with. And mm. if anything, he would expect her to be calling out to him. Mm. So maybe while he was watching the show, he was actually perked up, you know, the, subconsciously he was perked yes. up in case the mum yes. calls. Of course, he was planning to ignore her. <laughs> but... <laughs> And then guilt comes after. <laughs> and then it was yeah, louder. Was like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe the first few times the mom did call and then the mom was like, okay, fine. He's not going to respond to me. I'll just continue doing my thing. Yeah. And then the mom forgets about it. And then David, you know, David's guilty. And then he's like, hey, so yeah. it could be an entity ma making fun of him. It could have been. But at the same time, it didn't escalate. So, you know, to me, it is what it is. Mm, I don't know. It's, it's because if, if, he clearly remember that he heard someone calling him with the mum's voice. I would be a little bit petrified if I am if I'm in his position because the only thing that will disguise as your mum would be something very malicious. Okay, I don't really want to mention that because I have my own experience on that, and I fear of even going near to even naming it or saying it. Mm. Yeah. I totally agree with you that, you know, in the cases I've read also, it's always a malicious entity mm. that is doing something, which is why it should have escalated. Mm. Exactly. And in this case, I'm just glad that nothing happened to David. Or it could be, he, he could be a sensitive. I mean, he's got three stories sharing with us. You know, who knows? Maybe. Yeah, he could be a sensitive. Because at a very young age, right? We discuss about, you know, child experiences, you know, are usually stronger because mm -hmm. their energy is actually more neutral and they're more susceptible to experience all these things. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on to our fourth story. So this one also comes from David. During my childhood days, we had the end of the year long school holidays and I would spend the long break with cousins at my late grandfather's kampong in Sarawak. I remember that there was one night, me and my older cousin and a friend, the three of us were playing in the park nearby. We got tired and we laid down in an open field near the swings. Now the sky was full of stars that night and there wasn't much clouds, so we chilled and we looked up gazing at the beautiful starry night sky, laying there just talking and joking with each other, when suddenly I saw an idle star start moving. It was going on a steady pace flying to the right of my peripheral vision. I started focusing and my eyes locked onto it as it was mysterious how a star could move on its own. Now moments later, another star from the far right started to move towards the left. It got more interesting as the two stars were now going on a parallel and steady pace that would meet in the middle. Looking at it, they both seemed very likely to collide with each other if there was no stopping. Excited, we continued looking at it and when they finally met in the middle, I was so sure that something was going to happen. Were they going to collide and create a big explosion, I thought to myself. But suddenly both stars avoided each other at the final moments. One went up, one went down. It's crazy how swift it looked. They avoided colliding. 
After that, both disappeared into the night sky and I couldn't follow the stars anymore. I broke the moment of silence and asked my cousin and friends, Did you guys see that? They both replied, Yes! Now we were all confused, we had no explanation about what we saw and what just happened. But it was an amazing sight. What do you guys think? Radio Paranormal Singapore Wow. <laughs> Sham. I love this. This is like my favorite. Yeah, UFOs are, are like totally my thing. When it comes to uh, UFOs, I am very, very interested in the topic. Mm, you even visited the site. Yeah, so earlier this year, I, I did uh, visit the UK and uh, one of the stops my wife and I had to go by, where I dragged her, was a, a, a site called um, the Rendlesham Landing Site. It's like the Roswell of UK. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it was amazing to be at the spot where, long story short, uh, a ship landed there and before anybody laughs, uh, it really happened. But but then how long ago was that though? Because what David shared, right? This incident happened during his childhood days. It's been happening since forever. If you really go and look into it and depending on who you want to believe, it happened in the Bible as well. What? Really? Yes. So, mm. yeah, in this case, Rendlesham was a location where a ship landed twice. It, it was just outside a military base and it was actually properly recorded and there was a whole investigation about it. So uh, it wasn't just a he say, she say. There's actual proper documentation of this. Oh, what's happened. These days, UFOs are not called UFOs anymore. They're called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're, they're, try, they're trying to do a rebrand, but it's interesting because over the last year, there has, I think, yeah, it's probably been the last year, maybe last two years, it's been taken very seriously now. It's no more a laughing matter. The, U Ooh. the U.S., Department of Defense has come out to say that UAPs are real. There have been multiple programs with many, many millions of dollars being spent by the US government to investigate. And it's come out that many countries such as Italy, Chile, uh, Brazil, China, Russia, all have uh, various programs investigating this phenomenon is that where they um, actually conduct all the experiments of like the extraterrestrial over at Area Fifty One? Yeah, so Area Fifty One is real. Mm -hmm. It's it's a real place, and uh, actually within the last six months, there have been actual U.S. congressional hearings, and they're really trying to figure out how to how to reveal everything, if it's even possible to reveal everything. But mm. basically, there has has been confirmation. That that the US government has at least 12 of these vehicles in their possession that what? are not of Earth origin. Yes. 12 is a lot. They didn't all land in or crash in the US. They were recovered from all over. Mm. But, you know, they, they, if you really look into it, there have been reports of crashes even as near as Australia. Yeah, it, it, it's a whole different can of, uh, yeah, it's a whole topic on its own. But it's, you know, if you want to compare, we're talking about paranormal here, right? So it is still considered paranormal events, right? Yes, but if you want to talk about, like, say, hard legitimacy, right? We're talking about black mm -hmm. and white documents. Mm -hmm. uh, UAPs or UFOs are even more real, you know, because with the paranormal, with ghosts and spirits and all that, it's still, I would say, a grey area of science. But with the whole UAP phenomena, not really anymore because there are actual radar footage and sensor sensor footage from US military aircraft and uh, civilians and all that. And the documentation is really out there if you really want to look for it. 
Well, but in this case, David actually shared. It happened just Sarawak. Yeah, which is the West Malaysia. In this case, after reading it, I was thinking during this time period, I I don't assume that there were such things as drones. I yeah, I think it's a bit too far far back. And it's so bright. Correct as well. So if it it couldn't have been an aircraft or a helicopter because you definitely hear it, and based on what he you know is writing here, uh, no. You know, you got to be a bit crazy to perform aerobatics like that in the middle of the night for fun. The only aircraft that could perform such uh, high speed and, uh, you know, such such uh, form is F-16, right? Like for the fighter jet. If it's Malaysia, I guess Malaysia's got the F-18s. But I don't know whether at this point of time, whether they had the F-18s. They may have had the, MiG, the MiG-29s, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, don't quote me on that. I, I know they have them now. I don't know back then what they had. But at the same time, if the jets were flying, you'd definitely hear them before you see them. Mm, that's true. They wouldn't be hovering at one spot before starting to move. So I was actually thinking, you know, um, in, in, in medical, we do have protein built up under our cornea. And that's what we call floaters. And when you actually look um, into a bright light and then you move away into something dark, you could still see almost like a shadow casting on top or in front of your cornea but not literally like physically there could they have been staring at a street lamp and then they you know try to refocus on the night sky it is possible however unlikely well yeah exactly because they were playing at the park nearby i believe parks do have street lamps and then they went into an open field which is i believe you know fields are definitely there isn't anything and it was just a large piece of you know, land. Yeah, super dark, and over there, you know, we don't. They don't have the light pollution that we have, right? It's very clear night skies. Yeah, so I'm not too sure what they have discussed. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a meteor. Meteor. I've seen meteors. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen meteors. It doesn't. It doesn't move from left to right, and then you know. Exactly. Both of the stars, like you know, gonna collide or something like that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like a meteor. I did a quick Google search previously and mm. UFOs have been spotted over uh, Malaysia or what? Sarawak. They have been. But again, because, you know, a lot of it is he, you know, hearsay in this case. Yeah. So there's this huge network of investigators called uh, Mutual UFO Network called MUFON. And in the Western world, like even in Australia, you know, you, you there are actual investigators and you can log in a case and the investigators will come and take statements and figure out what's going on. But in this case, I don't think they exist in Asia or at least not in Singapore. I don't know about Malaysia. I don't think so as well. And these kids were too young to have logged in a report. And I don't even think when this happened, the internet, I'm not sure whether the internet, you know, what stage it was. So I highly doubt that, you know, it, it could have happened. But there, if you do Google like UFO sightings in Malaysia, you will find certain stories. Some of them are hoaxes. Some of them are unverified. Mm, I would say unverified because there's no evidence. Yeah. So in this case, I believe they, they would have seen something. They could have. You think you really think it's UFO? You really think it's a... I mean, it's unidentified flying object or unidentified aerial phenomenon. It doesn't mean it's aliens. It's just unidentified. But something was potentially there. But it could be a human that's operating... Not like that, no. You don't think it's a fighter jet? Nope. Because there's no sound? And no professional pilots would do that, not at night. Usually they don't practice at night, right? It's unlikely they'd be practicing at night and not flying like that in the middle of the night. 
because it's an unnecessary risk, right? And you wouldn't be if they if for example they were practicing for an air show. It, they would be practicing in the day before they practice at night so you'd actually know that this is happening before it happens at night mm. but I thought anything in the military is supposed to be like you know secretive you know no I mean if you're if you're practicing like for stuff like this it could be for an air show performance right maybe they're practicing for a new year who knows but at the same time you would know weeks in advance and you'd be seeing them practicing over and over rather than this is the first time they're trying it out and they're trying it out at night <laughs> and at the same time it'll be really noisy because it's not even one one aircraft flying is two yes exactly I, that I agree yep so I mean me personally I believe he saw something <laughs> it's a shame he didn't have it on video or anything like that although to be fair even with our latest cameras capturing something like that in the night sky would be challenging let's move on to the last story we have for tonight yeah this story is called witch on a broomstick I was an active boy scout in my teenage years. We would have camping weekends as part of the scout activities. Back in 2004, I joined this major camping event where we would camp at a local army base in Miri, Sarawak. It was a major camping event where other uniform clubs like the Red Crescent, Girl Scouts, Teenage Cadets would all combine. It was a three-night camp, and on the second night, it was a free and easy night. Everyone would gather in the middle of the main open field and socialize with one another. The lighting was very dim because the army camp was surrounded by tall, tropical trees. It felt like we were in the middle of a jungle. I remember there only being a few fluorescent light tubes hanging from the trees. It was pretty much very dark at night, but everyone was having fun singing and talking where all of a sudden, the electricity went out. It got so dark, we could only see the light from the sky bouncing off the trees. There were army officers amongst us too, and when the lights went out, they told us not to panic and remain calm, and sent an officer over to the power box, which is about 300 meters away, to investigate. Moments later, we heard a faint, sinister laughter in the trees. It sounded like an old lady's voice, <laughs> getting louder and nearer. Everyone looked at the surrounding trees trying to locate this voice. The voice seemed like it was zooming around the nearby tall trees surrounding the field. And then I saw it. A long-haired figure entity appeared out of one of the trees and flew past us about four stories up. It appeared to be riding on a stick or something because it was so dark. I couldn't tell if it, was a, it looked like a woman. I only remember I saw its back. It was wearing some old brownish rag or cloth riding on something. It zoomed in and out of the trees for a bit. Everyone was silent and speechless. I remember the hairs on my neck raise up and I felt a cold breeze where it happened or when it happened. The flying took about 20 or 30 seconds. Lastly, it went north in the trees and moments later, the power was back on. Everyone sighed with relief, although still shocked and speechless at what they saw. Apparently, about half the people on the field saw the entity. There were 40 to 50 people there. Later, I remember the officer that was sent to check on the power box came back saying that there was no damage whatsoever. No one knew what interrupted the power supply. I spoke to some of my friends there and they all said they felt the cold breeze and goosebumps on their necks. After about 15 minutes, our chief sergeant of the army came and concluded that the free and easy night was over and everyone should rest and sleep in their tents right away. 
with no explanation given. Most of us couldn't sleep that night. Anyways, nothing supernatural happened during the rest of the camping activities. I heard some of the students got sick and ill when they got back home. I will never forget this experience. I personally do not believe in ghost spirits, but I love discovering and finding out more. I couldn't explain what happened that night. Hope you guys enjoy and maybe are able to debunk what happened. Thanks RPS for doing what you're doing. Radio Paranormal Singapore. Mm. Wow. So which on a broomstick? Well, he clearly saw something. I mean, not just him. I mean, all this, all the stories that we've shared um, tonight in this podcast. You know, one thing I realized that's a that's a, a similarity. Not just one person experiencing it, but a group of them. Mm-hmm. You know, in psychology, we have something what we call group behavior. And uniform groups, right? Usually, they behave the same together. That's what we call in a group behavior. That's what we call a conformity. I mean, that's encouraged, right? That's why they're a uniform group. So basically, um, it's almost like one person experienced something and the other person experienced the similar thing. But because one person's opinion came across a little bit more stronger, everyone just kind of believed into something. Yeah, yappy teenagers with peer pressure. Yes, exactly. It's like a change in a behavior or belief as a result of, of like a real or imagined group pressure. Because the person may not say that like, hey, you have to believe this. It's a reach on a broomstick. But because they are all unsure of the answer, if one person pointed out, hey, it looked like a witch and the other one said yes it does and then the rest just kind of follow that's true i got an even better one so this this was he was a teenager this happened in 2004 uh-huh okay all right harry potter came out in 2001 so oh. guess what i guess I, i'm assuming all of them would have seen harry potter at least a bunch of them would have right well i've searched about um you know, witchcraft or like, you know, all this black magic uh, that is uh, in, in Sarawak uh, with, with like all these evidences. But none of them actually mention that witches actually ride on a broomstick. It's almost like a, a, a fiction or, or an image that was portrayed. Like what, um, E.T.'s version, Casper, uh, the Hungry Ghost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there's no way yeah, they would have seen somebody riding on a broomstick simply because even if it was a real witch, she would not be flying around on a broomstick. I mean, that, that's really it, right? They don't need to, right? Yeah, or they are working with spells, right? So they, it, the whole distance thing doesn't really matter to them. If you go more in depth about like witches, all this folklore or like stories from like older people, or what they have shared, feedback, they, they basically, I couldn't find anything that a witch will actually ride on a broomstick to to fly around. The power went out, something did happen, sure. Something spooked them, but everybody had seen Harry Potter, so immediately they're like, oh my god, it's a witch. But they heard something in the trees, you see. That's very interesting. And he actually saw a, a, a long hair figure. I'm gonna go with it was an owl or a bat. Because if you've seen an owl or a bat flying around at night, number one, they're okay, at least for a bat. It's definitely something bigger. Yeah, I don't think they have mothmen in Sarawak. That's more of an American thing. I mean, the witch on a broomstick is also an American thing, okay? <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, you know, if you're telling me a big brown thing flying around at night, I'll tell you straight up, it's a bat. Could it be a bat? It could be an owl. They, they are known to have, what, two meter wingspan, easily. 
The one the bats I've seen in Singapore will easily do 1.5 meters. What the heck, really? That's if they really scary. open up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the power going out. I mean, even in Singapore at campsites, that happens. Whether it's a circuit breaker trip or in in parts of Malaysia, I I don't know what it's like over there. I'm assuming the power may or may not be stable sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in this point of time. Especially if you're out, you know, in the countryside. So it could happen where the generate or you know circuit breaker trip. Mm. But why would the chief sergeant of army concluded that you know coming from uh, somebody who's an ex camp facilitator, right? Yeah. When these kind of things happen, you get one or two girls or three of them. You know, they start talking about it and then they start freaking themselves out. And then before you know, it, you got one or two girls crying. And the last <laughs> thing you want happening is like a group of at least forty, maybe even a hundred kids, right? Because there's so many of them freaking each other out and panicking. Because seriously, what are you gonna do with so many kids freak out, freaking out in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere yeah that's true that's going to be really hard to control yeah so the easiest is tell them send them to bed agree yeah so it's just basic crowd control yeah and it's, and it's very hard to um, explain that kind of situation of like mm-hmm. what they actually saw they would probably argue back and not just one person arguing back it's like there were how many of them 40 50 at least <laughs> yeah Asking the same question The chief sergeant army Will go bonkers man He's like Stop asking me questions Exactly To him it's just like Can you stop wasting my time It's just easier to put you Send you guys back And uh, you know We'll resolve it in the morning At least I don't have to worry about Number one You guys freaking each other out Number two Some of you very, You know Might be very daring And they decide Let's go into the forest And find it and then before you know it, they have to go and look. Because mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I know Malaysia has tigers. Uh, I don't know about Sarawak. I'm assuming tigers are there too. You wouldn't want kids wandering around the jungle on their own, unsupervised. Mm. And boys with girls. So, you know, boys with girls, uh, boys tend to be a bit dumber around the girls. <laughs> Especially, yeah, with all the hormones and everything else. That's what you said. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> more, more, they become more gung-ho, right? Yeah, they want to prove something. No? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we, we do do a bit of research. I, I did a very poor he he he. But, uh, so Kim, what is it? Hornbill! <laughs> so, yes, uh, actually, yeah, after we did a bit of research, like common birds found in Sarawak, yeah, a hornbill literally makes the he 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 sound. And if the power suddenly tripped in the middle of the night and everybody, you know, naturally the power trip, I guarantee you at least one girl screamed. Yeah, and that probably um, scared the shit out of the hornbill and started flapping. Yeah, and hornbills are big birds. They're not small, you know. They're huge. They're huge, especially in the wild. Yeah, and they got that very distinct beak, right? And it could look like a hat. Oh, yes. The witch's hat. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about the broomstick, though? How are we going to... Explain that. I don't know, tail, uh, birds maybe carry stuff around. Yeah, branches. I mean, who knows, right? Hey, to each bird his own, man. And like, you want to carry a branch and fly around at night? You know, who am I to say no? <laughs> Are hornbills active at night? Do they hunt? They do, but I think they're more daytime than night. Mm, so they're not so much of a nocturnal creature, right? Could have been an owl. Well, I still believe it's a hornbill because... The sound was definitely a hornbill. Yes, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I would think that that was what David actually heard because he did mention that the voice sounded like a sinister laughter. Which is what a hornbill sounds like. Like an old lady's voice. And somewhat, he did say they were surrounded by tall trees. So naturally, there would be big birds in those tall trees. Yeah, and it was so dark that you can't even make out of anything, you see. He, he's... he's you know, he couldn't be sure 
what he was actually seeing. Yeah. So, and, and after that, you know, he mentioned the next day, some of them fell sick, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, it's Cam. <laughs> Everyone gets dehydrated, yeah. Because <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> Correct, dehydrated, it being in the sun the whole day, uh, lack of sleep because everybody's up having fun. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody's going to get sick. Plus, you're mixing with people you've never mixed with before, right? So naturally, like, vi- viruses and all that tend to go around. Pass around, yes, that's right. Okay, so the for this story, we've concluded that they did see something, but everything is perfectly explainable. And, uh, you know, between the bird, the reason they were locked up, and everybody getting sick. Radio Paranormal Fantastic job guys And big thanks to Ganesha, Glenn and David For those very cool stories Now once again If you have experiences to share with us Or just creepy stories you've heard Send them in Contact details on our Facebook page At Radio Paranormal Singapore And until our next episode Keep streaming And keep screaming You're listening to Radio Paranormal Singapore. And they're listening to...